Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast episode finds you well, and I hope you're all having a great week and a great day, a great start to your day or end of your day whenever you're tuning into this. I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen, and I want to thank you for your support up to this point. If you're a regular listener and if you're new to the podcast, I pray that it would be beneficial and encouraging for you. And so we just concluded season three of our podcast, and it was on Christianity and culture. And today we're going to begin our next season. I've noticed with me, whenever it's a new season, it just means I'm changing topics. (laughs) I'm kind of changing the discussion a little bit. So season four of Thursday Thoughts, I can't believe we're already on season four. We're going to be taking a look at wisdom and day-to-day wisdom, the day-to-day practical knowledge that the Bible gives us. In particular, we're going to be looking in the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking in the book of Proverbs because, as we're going to see, Proverbs is good for our day-to-day life. I mean, the whole Bible is good for our day-to-day life, but Proverbs in particular is real fun and real interesting, and it's good for our day-to-day life, the practical wisdom and the practical things that allow us to make good choices, do the right thing, learn and become more wise and gain knowledge. That's the idea of Proverbs, and we'll get into that more in a minute. And so this new season of Thursday Thoughts, we're going to be calling it Wisdom for the Day Today. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today and probably for the next few weeks. Well, I say few weeks, probably about 15, our next 15 episodes, I try to aim for 15 episodes this season, and we're going to be talking about wisdom, and there's plenty of Proverbs to choose from, and so uh, I'd love for you guys to, if y'all have any specific proverb y'all want discussed, if you have a favorite proverb, or one that maybe has always been compelling to you, or maybe one you find difficult to understand, you know, I'd love for you guys to shoot me an email, a message on social media, or a uh, text if some of you have my number, you know, whatever it is, however you want to get in touch with me, you know, I'd love to discuss maybe some of these proverbs that you would want to discuss, because uh, I know I have the ones I would like to discuss, but if you have any that you would like discussed, you know, please reach out to me and we'll do that. And so, with that being said, <clears throat> let's get started. So today's podcast episode in particular is the introduction of the topic. It's it's introducing Proverbs. Today's episode, we're going to be calling it, What is a Proverb? What is a Proverb? We'll get into a little bit of some text today, but mostly we're just going to be talking about what is a Proverb? What is the book of Proverbs in the Bible? What does it mean? What is the point of it? And kind of what's the purpose of the book? And so let's dive right in. So, The strange truth discovered by researchers in folklore and communication studies is that almost everyone can recognize a proverb. I think all of us can recognize a little proverb when we see one, but hardly anyone can really give a nice, simple definition, if you will. So, paramiologists, or in other words, students of proverbs, continue to propose and debate definitions. So, um, A. Taylor's, this is a guy, he, he has a famous statement about the indefinable qualities of a proverb, or the indefinable qualities of a proverb is encouraging. An incommunicable quality 
tells us this sentence is proverbial and that one is not. <laughs> That's what he says. Wolfgang gathered 50 definitions from non-experts and condensed them into a proverb is a short sentence of wisdom, highlighting the proverb's brevity and observational quality. Other definitions do the same. Um, one guy, uh, Cervantes is his last name, he says that proverbs proverbs are short sentences drawn from long experience. Uh, T. Fuller says, much matter into a few words. <laughs> much, uh, much matter kind of like decoded into a few words. It's kind of his, what he says. Um, Lord J. Russell, some guy who lived in 1850, says a proverb is the wit of one and the wisdom of many. One famous description is memorable in itself. A proverb has three qualities, shortness, sense, and salt. So a functional view comes from this guy named Kenneth Burke, who defined a proverb as a shorthand for situations in life that reoccur often enough that people feel the need to have a name for them. Proverbs name and size up situations giving those who use and hear them guidance on how to respond. <clears throat> Proverbs then are speech acts that are teachable. They, they teach, they cajole, they taunt and reprove depending on how they are used. And so that's basically what a proverbs is. A proverb is. Proverbs, little proverbs are these short little sayings that give insight to life situations, wisdom. The thing is there are a bunch of little definitions for them, but basically the qualities of them are pretty easily seen and the book of proverbs is no different. You know, they're short little speech acts. They teach you, they reprove you, they could even taunt you depending on how they're used. <clears throat> they size up situations, and they give guidance on how to respond. That's what a proverb does, and that's what it is. So, in the Bible, in 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 11, when the king of Aram threatened to level Samaria, the king of Israel answered in defiance, One who puts on his armor should not boast like one who takes it off. So, that's a little proverb. Um, when his disciples asked Jesus when and where the kingdom of God would come, Jesus assured them that no one would miss it, saying, Where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Luke 17, 37. And so we look at these little proverbs, and we see how they're just little wits of wisdom, in a way. Um, and they're, for the most part, decently practical. Some of them are a little bit com more complex than others, but they're pretty practical, and they're supposed to be for the everyday life and Whenever you get to that experience in life, when you're approaching what this proverb applies to, the proverb can give you guidance and wisdom on making the right choice and doing the right thing. So therefore, the book of Proverbs, you know, when we think of Proverbs, it's, it's a collection of all these different Proverbs, if you will. It's because um, there's multiple contributors. Obviously, we give most of the credit probably to Solomon, but there in Proverbs, when you read it, you see these little subheadings and stuff where we see that other people, whether they were the writer of the Proverbs or they were just the ones who collected the prover the proverbial sayings, but there's more than just Solomon's Proverbs in here is the point I'm trying to get at. And so, therefore, the book of Proverbs can best be described as, the, as a wisdom anthology or collection. 
of Proverbs because there are seven subheadings in the book that name speakers or compilers of these Proverbs. We can more properly speak of a collection of collections, if you will. And so why do, why do people make collections of Proverbs, do you think? Right? And how do the compilers expect them to be used? You know, one contemporary bibliography of Proverbs has 9,051 entries, most of them Proverb collections. Some collections are created to... So what are the reasons for some of these Proverb collections throughout time? Well, um, some collections are created to preserve oral traditions and make them available to researchers. Others simply to entertain, and some to, to teach and their guidance for people. Fortunately, the book of Proverbs itself tells us that its sayings were collected with three purposes in mind. To teach wisdom, form character, and encourage an obedient relationship with the Lord. And so if you want to know what the purpose of the book of Proverbs is, it's those three things. The purpose of the book of Proverbs and it's there in the introduction that we'll read here in a minute. The first few verses, it reads, or sorry, it says, it tells us that the purpose of Proverbs is, number one, to teach wisdom, number two, to form character, and number three, to encourage an obedient relationship with the Lord. With this information in mind, we can now ask, what is the book of Proverbs? Here is a definition that I think will help us understand the way the book presents itself. The book of Proverbs is... A course of study, it's a collection of wisdom teachings and sayings designed to foster wisdom, the development of discernment and character, using literary rhetorical sources like juxtaposition and metaphor. That is what the book of Proverbs is. It is a collection of wisdom teachings and sayings designed to foster wisdom and development of discernment and character. And so now let's get into the book of Proverbs itself. Let's read these first seven verses. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. It reads, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. These seven verses form a distinct unit of introduction. An introduction contrary to much of our common experience in listening to popular speakers, right? Because when we listen to popular speakers, you know, a lot of times they like to start with fun stories and they like to get you laughing and then just get you into the, into the lesson or the speech or whatever they're doing. However, contrary to much of our common experience in listening to popular speakers, the introduction to Proverbs is not a warm-up or a time for pleasantries. Biblical writers, if you've ever noticed, waste no time with anything less than matters of the highest priority. They go to the heart of the matter, especially when dealing with first things, 
right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a big deal. <laughs> That's one way to start a book. Genesis 1.1. John 1.1 also kind of talks about this. In the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. At the beginning of Proverbs, likewise, we have an introduction that declares without apology that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And we'll get into that term in a little bit when we break down the passage. We should always pay attention to beginnings and endings of literary works because writers tend to put their most important thoughts and images there. We should pay especially close attention to a literary, or sorry, excuse me, a literary introduction when it includes a phrase that is also found in the work's conclusion. In this case, fear of the Lord. Not only concludes this prologue in the first part of the book of Proverbs, it also appears at the end of the entire book. The writer's use of this framing device of um, tells us to watch for the fear of the Lord as it recurs throughout the book of Proverbs and guides our reading, our reading of it. <clears throat> For now, we observe that God, our Lord, is the source of every beginning. So our fear of Him, worship and faithfulness, that's what that means, our fear of Him, worship and faithfulness, is the beginning of the study of wisdom as well as its primary goal. And so the introduction, most of it, one long Hebrew sentence, not only honors the book of Proverbs with the names of its most revered king, Solomon and David, it states the book's purpose. In a series of Hebrew infinitive verbs, six in all after verse 2, infinitives begin every verse but verses 5 and 7, we readers are told not only what the book is, a collection of Proverbs, and who receives credit for the collection, Solomon, but what the book is for. In a word, this book was written to pass on wisdom. Such a statement of introduction was not unusual in the ancient world, right? Egyptians, Egyptian in, instructions and wisdom often named the speaker and the recipient as part of their statement of purpose, to pass on wisdom for successful living from one generation to the next. There was this one uh, Egyptian, um, I do not know how to pronounce the name, uh, I'm going to call him Fetohep is what I'm going to call him, but anyway, this ancient Egyptian uh, who recorded a wise rendering of books, he taught his son, there is no one born wise. We should also notice that this introduction includes, or now we're going back to Proverbs, we should also notice that this introduction includes a list of literary forms, Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, right? Reasons for studying them, right? and qualities of character that readers should cultivate. Finally, the prologue describes different sorts of people who will read and respond to the teachings of this book. The simple, the young, the wise, and fools. And so, looking at this passage, we see, you know, we see what the purpose of the book of Proverbs is, right? So, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, uh, the son of King David of Israel. And then this super long, you know how you know this is an introduction? Because it's basically just one long run-on sentence. I say a run-on sentence. Hebrew was different than English, but it's just one big sentence, Hebrew sentence. And it says, basically, 
Solomon is getting to the point of why he why he's writing. Solomon's saying, you know, the point I'm writing this, I'm paraphrasing the text that we just read. But if you're following along on your Bible, you'll be able to f- track what I'm doing. And so I'm going to start in verse 2 and just paraphrase down. Basically, Solomon is saying, I've written this so that you can know wisdom and instruction and understand words of insight. <clears throat> and you'll receive this instruction in your wise dealing, and it'll help you be wise in your dealings with righteousness, justice, and equity. It'll, it's to give prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to young people. It's to help teach young people what to do. Uh, Let the wise hear and increase in their learning. Wise people will listen and read this, and they'll increase in their learning, because wise people are always wanting to learn more. I think that's his point. And the one who understands obtain guidance, right? So Solomon is saying that wise people will hear, and they'll learn, and they'll learn things, and they'll obtain guidance for their life. They'll They'll learn how to handle certain situations and so on and so forth. And they'll also learn how to understand a proverb and a saying. They'll learn how to understand the words of the the wise and their riddles. They'll gain wisdom. And so we see that, that verses 1 through, really verses 2 through 6, offer the, the, the beginning structures of what the book of Proverbs is going to be about. And then lastly, verse 7, let us not forget that. Verse 7 is kind of the point that Solomon is getting at. And he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And again, fear here is not like we should be terrified of God. It's a healthy fear. It's a, it's like a, a fearful respect. It's like we fear our parents when we do something wrong. I think that's what it means. A fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge because we... We love God, and he, we know he loves us, but just like a parent who will discipline, and sometimes as kids we would get afraid of that, we should fear the Lord in that sense because God is like a loving father. He's a parent who's going to discipline us if we need it. And so fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. <clears throat> and so when we rightfully fear the Lord and understand the power he possesses and the power that he has and the judgment that he can bestow upon us, uh, that healthy fear will hopefully encourage us and influence us to live healthy and holy lives. And so, <clears throat> and then we see fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so, right off the bat, Solomon's talking about, as we said a second ago, he's addressing the four different people who will read this this writing in proverbs right the simple so people who are trying to learn uh, and whenever i don't think simple here should be taken as like an insult or hit or solomon calling people dumb i think solomon is just talking about people trying to become wise will read this book so the simple will read this book the young young people i feel like they could you know kind of be grouped in with that simple group but maybe not but the young will read it to learn how to handle things in life. The wise will read it because they want to gain more wisdom. And fools. And the fools will read it mostly just to read it to try to despise the wisdom and instruction and reject it. And so those are different reactions and different people who will react with this book. And so we see the from these first few verses of Proverbs... Why should we read the book of Proverbs today? You know, what does what does Proverbs mean for us contemporary Christians today in the modern world? It gives us knowledge. 
and it teaches us wisdom and insight through the day-to-day of our life. And so it's vital that we read this. It's vital that we read. I mean, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I feel like, you know, we live in an age, I, I should have looked at some statistics, I didn't, but maybe I'll do it next week and I'll bring it back to you guys. Um, I bet, I'm sure there are some statistics out there, but I know just from talking to people, you know, I work in the church and so I have biblical conversations with people and and I've talked with people on this issue too, but I, I, I would go out on a limb and be willing to say, like I said, I'll come back with some stats next week, but I feel like we live in one of the least, or let me rephrase how I'm going to say this. To me, it seems that we are in one of the most biblically illiterate times of human history. There are a lot of people who truly don't, like they're illiterate in the Bible. And what I mean by that, it's not that they can't read or understand grammar and stuff like that. It's just because we don't read the Bible as a whole, as a people. And so that's what, we read Proverbs for. Proverbs gives us wisdom, just like we need to read, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel message. Obviously, vastly, you know, the most important thing is Jesus, right? But Jesus quoted from Proverbs a lot. Jesus knew the Proverbs. Jesus lived out the Proverbs because he was wise. And so, if we want to be like Jesus, right, if we want to be Christ-like, then we need to read the book of Proverbs and learn what it means to be wise and learn how to be wise in our lives. And so as we're continuing with this thought, what does this mean for me today? Wisdom was the central expression of intellectual life in the ancient Near East. We should also remember that nearly every culture in history had its own wisdom tradition, each with a slightly different form and purpose. Practical strategies for managing the demands of daily life often led to theoretical reflection on the nature of this world, with the hope of finding some sense of order. Uh, Greek rhetoric and philosophy also grew out of a concern to discover and teach how one lives life well, right? Emphasizing the practical and philosophical approaches to life. Today... You know, let's think about today. Today we have the the self-help and inspirational sections of Barnes & Noble and other bookstores and how they offer many guides to the contemporary pursuit of wisdom and happiness. However, we must be careful then to grasp and teach a biblical vision of wisdom, appreciating that which is common to all wisdom traditions while holding up that which is unique to the Bible. Worldly wisdom, James talks a lot about in the book of James, uh, In the New Testament, James talks a lot about wisdom from the world and wisdom from above. And we need to be sure that we're not just taking in these, don't get me wrong, there's good practical wisdom, knowledgeable books out there about life that people write that aren't necessarily like biblical wisdom, and they're good stuff, and I don't think it would contradict biblical wisdom, but it's important that we don't value, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone who writes... I think of, uh, right now, Jordan Peterson's a big name. I think he says a lot of great things, um, and I think he has a lot of good points, and thankfully he's he's biblically based in a lot of things that he does, but, you know, it's important that we don't value what this man says, or even what I'm saying. You know, I'm sitting here doing a podcast, and the point of me doing this is to try to help give wisdom, but I'm trying to do my best to keep God at the center of it, and... 
have God be the one who's giving wisdom through his word. And that's what I want. And I'm just trying to help us understand his word. And so, and I think Jordan Peterson, you know, I threw his name out there. I think he does a pretty good job of that for the most part. But my point is, is for any of us, we don't need to think that, well, Joshua, you know, he he always has good things to say. So I'm going to listen to what his advice and his wisdom is on this or Jordan Peterson, or mom, or dad, or something like that. Don't get me wrong, you need to listen to advice from older people. The book of Proverbs actually talks about that. We'll get into that. But most importantly, we need to pursue wisdom from above and the knowledge of God, because fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And if we really want to learn, then we need to have a healthy attitude and lifestyle of worship and study and respect for God. And so today, right, we need to make sure we understand that the Bible is unique in its wisdom approach and that biblical wisdom is different. Wisdom from above is different. Wisdom from above, I think the primary quality of wisdom from above is humility, whereas wisdom from the world is prideful, right? Whenever I gain wisdom and I get smarter, am I humble in it or am I proud and do I show it off? And so I think that's something to look at. From the prologue of Proverbs, we learn that wisdom is something that can be taught and learned, that this teaching has something to do with the formation of character, and that wisdom is anchored in the fear of the Lord. In other words, Proverbs sets out for its readers three pursuits under the banner of wisdom, knowledge, character, and piety, or, you know, obedience. That's what piety means. And so... We can see the, the book of Proverbs wants to teach us three things. It wants to give us knowledge on God and knowledge on life. It wants to teach us godly character, Christ-like character, on how to live and how to handle situations, and piety, how to be obedient, how we need to be obedient to God and, to, and not to anything else. And so, this prologue tells us that the book of Proverbs is primarily concerned with the formation of character through the cultivation of wisdom. Right, it, des- it describes three basic dispositions that those who would be wise ought to display. The humility of the learner, to learn wisdom and discipline. Or, sorry, I'm explaining that. Hold on, let me restart that. <laughs> it, three basic dispositions that those who love, that those who would be wise ought to display. Number one, the humility of the learner, which is to learn wisdom and discipline. Number two, love for one's neighbor to practice wisdom and virtue. And then number three, the fear of God, to consistently return to the beginning. The prologue draws our attention to these three dispositions so that readers may recognize them as they appear throughout the book. And so what applies to the study of the book of Proverbs applies to the study of any part of the Bible. Unless we are spiritually prepared, diligent, disciplined in study, and obedient to what God tells us, we won't really understand much of God's Word. A willingness to obey is essential. F.W. Robertson said this, Obedience is the organ of spiritual knowledge. Kind of like how our, our organs give life to our body. Obedience is what gives life to spiritual knowledge. If I just read the Bible to read it and I don't apply any of it, I haven't learned anything. Right? If I sit in math class but I don't know how to do multiplication or division, have I learned anything? I heard it and I read it and I listened to the lectures, 
But if I don't practice it and apply it and know how to do it, then I didn't learn anything. Likewise, for our spiritual education and spiritual knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We haven't learned that, and we haven't learned anything if we're not practicing it in our lives. I want to end with a quote from, um, I, didn't get a, I didn't look at the name of the guy who authored the, uh, the NIV application commentary on Proverbs. I like something that he said. He said this, The Holy Spirit teaches the serious, not the curious. And I thought that was interesting. Because the Holy Spirit, God is going to work in those who are serious about learning his word. Not people who are just, you know, wanting to read it for fun. So, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit cannot provoke curiosity and bring people who are curious to know God and knowledge. But, you know, people who are just trying to read the Bible just to read it and... With no, I, with no real intention of learning and applying the knowledge, I don't think the Holy Spirit works like that. The Holy Spirit works, works on those who have their hearts open and want to learn. And that's what the book of Proverbs is trying to get us to do. It's, teach, it's trying to help us understand what real knowledge is and where real knowledge comes from. It comes from God. It comes from the fear of the Lord. And we do not, we do not need to be the fools who despise and reject instruction and wisdom. We need to be open-minded and attentive to the Bible. And in particularly here in Proverbs, we get to, as we'll go through this podcast, this season, we'll get to see how we'll get to see how we can learn from the Bible and get wisdom for the day-to-day of life. And so what is a proverb? A proverb is a short saying, if you will, but it's something that gives insight to everyday life, and that teaches us what to do in certain situations. What is the purpose of the book of Proverbs? To give instruction, to help people develop good character, and to show that we need to be obedient to God. And it applies to everyone, and it applies to all of us today. And so I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. And like I said at the beginning, if there's a specific proverb that you would like to have discussed please let me know reach out to me and we'll discuss it i pray that this will be insightful and beneficial for you god bless have a great one